Broadcasting from 106.7 WIZN Studios, 106.7 WIZN, proud to be part of Brewview Vermont and this podcast. Welcome back to Brewview, the podcast. Mel Allen. John Gales. Episode six. No kidding. How are we How are we this way? How have people not unplugged so us? Are, are we at 30 or 40 listeners at least now? I, you know, I've got to say, we've got to be a solid. I mean, I've seen some shirts out there and heard from people that are saying, like, you know, they've I've, I've seen us on Twitter. On oh, twi- not yeah, really. People are, nice. people are tweeting about Very us. Very nice. So we, uh, I think we've officially made it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. to episode six. And now, today, we're going to be talking about a fantastic thing that's happening down in Montreal with Montpelier. Brian. Oh, sorry. Montpelier. Wow. You know, give me a second cup of coffee today, <laughs> fairly. All right. So we're going to be talking about a great thing happening down in Montpelier. <laughs> and we've got Ryan Christensen from Caledonia Spirits, right? Absolutely. All right. Ryan, welcome to Brewview the Podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Ryan, so uh, um, it was great seeing you last week, I think, or the week before. It was the 26th or so. Uh, that Wednesday before the opening, you you opened it up to uh, to some media and so forth. And absolutely beautiful place. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, it was great to have you. Thanks for uh, for uh, testing the facility out to make yeah. sure the wheels. <laughs> yeah, you know, twist my arm. Right, yeah. <laughs> it, can't call it a dry run, but it's always <laughs> nice to get, you know, that, that soft opening there. No, it was, uh, uh, yeah, th- thanks again for having us. Listen, why don't you just start with um, uh, the quick story, the background story with Todd Hardy, who originally started everything, um, and then kind of uh, uh, how you came into it and then kind of where you are now, if you could touch on that just a little bit. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, Todd Hardy, he's a you know, lifelong beekeeper, um, and just sort of a, a rock star of um, pursuit of, of adding value to local agriculture and um I met Todd uh, back in 2011. Um, I was uh, uh, operating a, a local homebrewing store and thinking about opening a commercial brewery. And Todd was a beekeeper. Um, he was operating his his uh, winery, a, a, a mead making operation, and had an interest in getting into distilled spirits. And um, to be honest, I joined Todd's team on a part time basis to support fermentation in the winery. Uh, but I had very little interest in in mead making. I'd done a little a little bit of mead making in my, my homebrewing um, kind of hobby, but I really didn't, didn't have great enthusiasm with that market. And, and I didn't see an opportunity there. Um, uh, meanwhile, we, Todd had a, a license to distill. He had a couple of pieces of equipment, all with some, some safety challenges and, and essentially things that needed to be fixed. And, mm-hmm. and I should note that I, I grew up in a hardware store, a family, family <laughs> hardware store in Plainfield, Vermont. So I, I just love to fix Oh, them. I know where that, yeah, yeah. yeah. excellent. You know yeah. where the parts are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love connecting the dots, and, and uh, so anyway, I just had this this um, this feeling like I wanted to get into the distillery. So I, I sat down with Todd, and I said, you know, I think there's a real opportunity in the distillery. Um, we need to spend some more money on it, and and I think we should close the winery, sell the assets, and and you know get serious about distillation. I truly thought I was going to get fired that day. I truly yeah. thought that was, <laughs> he'd walk me to the door. Uh, but it was about 15 minutes, and Todd said, if you can you can manage that, I I fully agree. I think we should go for it. And Todd is truly a visionary and an entrepreneur. So the fact that we agreed on that felt felt great. That's that's, so a, that's, what we that's did. great. We, we started selling off um, the inventory in the winery, um, any of the equipment that we didn't need, and we just started building the distillery there in Hardwick. Um, fast forward to, um, you know, Bar Hill Gin hits the market, Bar Hill Vodka hits the market. Um, 2013, uh, we release um, Tomcat Gin, which really does quite well. Our barrel aged gin. Yeah. 
Um, we've just been on this this really fun uh, growth trajectory since then. Well, I, and I don't think that you could have possibly done that without just the the, the, the products that you're putting out is just so good. And um, I I think it's fun too that that you're you're like my wife had a bee's knees first time ever uh, the other day, and she's not a real big gin drinker by any means, but loved it, just absolutely loved it. And I think it's just so cool that that this is this the main thing is from bees, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the, the Bar Hill brand, we're really kind of uh, honey-centric. You know, we've really yep. taken an opportunity to, to, one, you know, use honey in, in distillation, um, but, two, bring awareness to the importance of, you know, these these little the angels of agriculture, as Todd refers to. <laughs> Which they are. They absolutely are. They really are. Yeah, well, one-third of our food is gone without pollinators, right. you know, and, and bees being the primary pollinator. Yep. So, you know, it, it's a really important awareness. And that's that's... You know what I fell in love with 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 working with Todd is that he was so committed to the bees that um, I thought I'd be working with grains. I thought we'd be making a lot more whiskey than we are, um, but Todd is just really so committed to the bees that it's it's kept Bar Hill really uh, yeah. focused on honey. And it's uh, again, I think you're, you're just a, it it kind of opens your doors for you um, for people like my wife who's not a big gin drinker but absolutely love that. So uh, yeah, it's it's terrific. Tom Cat, I love the story behind that. I love the name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you telling me the story. Yeah, even yeah. Better. The name. The, could, could you, Ryan? Could you? Could you jump on that real quick and just tell us where the Tomcat name came from? Yeah, sure. So um, that was actually a nickname for the product for us, um, but it, it comes from an old story, 18th century London, when um, when British Parliament was was banning um, gin. Essentially, gin was blamed for all of the terrible things that were happening. <laughs> no, they, they outlawed gin. And, and, you know, sort of celebrated beer and right. gin was everything evil and, and beer was everything wonderful. And but what happens, just like any other you know prohibition situation, when you try to take something away, people want it more. And unfortunately, they they um, they worked hard to block the ability to get gin, um, which made the quality of gin go down and the desire for gin go up. And so what happened was you know, really terribly made distillates were produced. <laughs> so the original would, bathtub gin. Bathtub gin, yeah. Exactly, bathtub gin. And then they, they would mask the terrible flavor with sugars. And that's how the, the style Old Tom Gin was created. It was mm. basically the worst quality gin uh, masked with a bunch of sugar. So, um, but, but the way that it was sold um, was, you know, illegally in, in alleyways, they would actually hang um, a, a plaque of a, bl- a black cat in the black cat plaque you know, was the symbol of there's gin here. Right. And then anybody could walk down, you know, the alleyway with just a couple of coins, put the coins um, into a coin slot in the wall, and from a tube in the wall would would come a, sh- a shot of gin. So it was highly wow. illegal, but this, this um, Tomcat plaque yeah. was sort of the symbol of we've got gin here. Um, so we just love that story so much. And, and, and all we of do the too. Yeah, how can we not? do too. <laughs> we're, we're sort of playing on the style of old Tom gin, but, mm-hmm. you know, of course, we're not using low-quality materials. We're using great right. high-quality right. materials. Right. Um, but we're sweetening our, our, you know, what would be a dry gin with a little bit of honey. Um, so it's always been sort of a fun on, on a fun play on the old Tom style. So anyway, that's, that's how we gave Tomcat the nickname, um, yeah, you know, Tomcat, long before we ever had a label for it. Yeah, well, yeah, and it goes, when you look at the label, too, it kind of, oh, okay, that, that looks like, it should yeah, be that story. It, should, it should be called Tomcat. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's kind of it looks exactly. a little tougher than regular yeah. gin. I love this stuff. Yeah. So, um, Ryan, when did uh, when did vodka come along? Sorry, vodka. Yeah, uh, vodka, vodka was right. In, vodka was the easiest product. It was right in the very beginning. So we, okay. you know, we had honey. Honey is a great sugar source. 
it's almost ludicrous to take 2,000 pounds of raw honey and make it into, you know, a flavorless, odorless, neutral spirit. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, it, it, it makes sense. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot easier. I and, guess when you say it like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what, what's amazing, I always find that, you know, we've, we've made vodka from everything under the sun, and nothing kind of shines through. When you take it to 95% alcohol, you distill it through a column still, and you take it to 190 proof before we dilute it down, you're removing all of those flavors, right. well, 95% of those flavors. But only with honey do you get that, like, just subtle, creamy, um, you know, kind of nod to the, the, the wildflowers. And, you know, you, the, the, the honey um, kind of residual character really stays intact, particularly on the nose, which is what makes it such a special vodka. Yep. Yeah. So that, now is, is the bar open because <laughs> no right it's vodka time. I, I, I know just... I want to no I I, I want to taste that. Okay, let me try that. No, that's that's terrific. Again, um, I, I just love what you guys do. You guys are, are, have moved in. It's now open. Uh, the new facility in Montpelier. I I kind of watched it go up, driving back and forth. I, I go through there a lot. Um, and, and again, we, we got the tour and Mel, I'm sorry you couldn't No, no. next time. Next I time promise. I will definitely be Absolutely. down there. Uh, but, uh, uh, just, just gorgeous. Um, you want to talk a little bit about that for us and just kind of, uh, what can someone expect when they walk in, what they're, what they're going to see? Yeah. So, so our goal in building this facility was to get closer to a downtown and get our team under one roof. Um, so by team, I mean, distillers bartenders, and ideally even pulling in the farmers that we're working with, um, you know, because we sell in the three-tier system. So we sell to a distributor or a control state who sells to a store or restaurant. Um, so the actual customers of Bar Hill are really far away from, from the people, you know, working with the raw materials. So the, the goal of constructing this facility was to create a space where people could come by, um, enjoy really great cocktails, you know, see our stills, meet our distillers, and, and you know, hopefully even meet our beekeepers and our farmers that we're working with. Um, so, you know, when, when you enter the facility, you'll see, uh, you know, pretty prominent um, bar. We have a 16-seat bar with a sort of an indoor-outdoor beautiful. space. It's beautiful. Um, and, and I love the, uh, you've got a big open window behind it that you just opened right up. The, the Winooski River's right there. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, in seven days, quote of me is calling it the uh, the cocktail creamy stand, which <laughs> I don't think I will ever live that down. Um <laughs> And we are serving the bees freeze, which is the frozen bees need, which is really fun. But Oh, nice. We were trying to create, you know, we, we knew we weren't going to be like an all-night bar. You know, we're not going to be able to no. 2 a.m. So we no. wanted to really sort of um, activate the river, but also bring people into sort of an indoor-outdoor setting. Because mm-hmm. uh, Montpelier is built on, on, you know, built on the Winooski, and it, right. it's something to celebrate. Right. Um, Agreed. Agreed. You're really, really bringing the local flavor. I mean, of all the people yeah, who are making that, you can taste the thing there. Meet the people who are in the production line. I mean, that sounds. Talk about terroir. You don't get you don't get much more than the local flavor than literally meeting the guys who are right. responsible for the ingredients. Yeah, and um, just to just to build on this a little bit, you walk. Uh, there's there's storyboards and beautiful photos and, and the whole story of, of what we're talking about, and how it how it came about. But then you, there's the label. The guy was. Um, uh, I don't know his name. I, I apologize, but he was he was uh, putting the, the Bar Hill was get done, and I guess the last thing is the label and all that. But just mm-hmm. getting that all, but just to watch it, and then they have a saying painted in the distill room, um, which is a big room, if you may. Uh, oh, what, sure. Do, do you know what that is, right offhand? I can't remember exactly. Something about uh, if it's not 
filled with yeah it's 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 a quote from a a, a newspaper from 1811 where there was a, you know a distillery burned to the ground in Peachum, Vermont and at the end of the article it says you know if not with milk and honey certainly this land overflows with gin and whiskey and this land does flow with gin and whiskey <laughs> yeah <laughs> number of stills there was 28 active stills after this one burned down in the town of Peachum, which is you know, I think a town of 700 people today so wow it, what it's really pointing out is that... This, well, what else are you going to do in 18... <laughs> yeah, in Beecham. <laughs> but it's also about preservation. You know, it's about oh, yeah. Yeah. serving food. You know, stills were there because, you know, if, if you have a great year of, of, say, apples, and the next year you're likely going to have, you know, a, a, a low quantity year. So instead of, you know, just raising and lowering your price and, and farmers ending up with the same amount of, of revenue... You know, you can actually make it into brandy, and it's sort of like a diversified investment for a, for a farmer. Right, right. Nice. Yeah. Well, it just makes sense. It it just made sense. So, yeah, terrific. Um, so yeah, all right. So, uh, uh, um, anything more on on the location? No, it, it's it's. Um, we we also felt it really important um, to activate the capital city. You know, Vermont has more breweries and distilleries per capita than any other nation, but the capital city of Montpelier had zero, and we just. It was just a screaming opportunity for us. We were really excited about Montpelier. Um, and then a lot of our staff is from the Montpelier area, yeah. myself included. Right. Mm-hmm. right. It just felt like a, a really good place to, to build a company. Well, that's good to hear. You know, there's a Jeopardy question that is, what is the only state that doesn't have McDonald's in the capital? In the capital, yeah. So And so this was also, it didn't have a distillery. So didn't I'm glad we went with yeah. distillery and not a McDonald's. <laughs> we got the right one in there. <laughs> no, uh, congratulations again. It's beautiful. And I understand food trucks are there every weekend. Yep, every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Great. Yeah, wow. Wood, Wood Belly is uh, one of them. Oh. And if you've never had Wood Belly pizza, I have. I, oh, I have. Yeah, that's worth see, it. he has. <laughs> you can tell by the reaction. He's had Wood Belly. Yeah, it's terrific. It's good stuff. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the future. Um, one of the things, and I think I told you about it when I met you that day, was one of, with Brewview, we're trying to promote and celebrate the industry of Vermont and what's going on with, you know, not only the, the crap beers, but also the distillers, the, the wine, the, the ciders. Um, and, and me getting out there and talking to people, Mel, is the same thing. We're, we're, there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of innovation going on. It's just really terrific. And it, it doesn't, is. it's not just with the product. It's mm-hmm. also the delivery of the product and the, and the facilities of the, of the things and all of that, which it, it makes it, almost in a, a life of itself. I mean, Ryan's yeah. facility is terrific, and Ryan will bring in in a second as I go on here. <laughs> but uh, Lawson's new place in, uh, in mm-hmm. uh, Waitsfield's gorgeous. Gorgeous, uh, yeah. Von Trapp, I was in there. That That's beautiful, too. It's just, it's, yeah. all, it's an experience. Yeah, you um, make, and they're making it an experience. I mean, yeah. you know, this, too. Yeah. You know. So are you seeing the same thing, Ryan? Do you see a lot of optimism out there? you see a lot of innovation? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I've been amazed even uh, the amount of people that came by the distillery this week who were not there because we just opened. They were there because they traveled down from Montreal and they were looking for something fun to do. And they were all surprised to hear that we had opened on Saturday. Right. You know, it, w- it wasn't so much about we want to come to Bar Hill and see see the new distillery. It was more about we want to go to Vermont and, and you know meet the makers of these fabulous products. And that's really exciting. You know, from, uh, you know, I, I started you know, brewing beer back in 2005 and, you know, brewed beer for seven or eight years and, and opened a small home brewing store, which I never thought would survive. And um, and now that for me has evolved into distillation. But a lot of my old customers, you know, Sean Lawson used to buy packs of yeast from me right. long before I ever right. knew Sean Lawson would be yeah. such a such a hero. You know, so yeah. it's like right. 
this this evolution of you know a couple of folks hanging out chatting beer suddenly we're all in business yeah, <laughs> yeah. hobbies have really run out of control yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. this home brewer is now hosting you know uh, yeah podcast. yeah mel, mel well that's i kid with mel ryan because um when we were talking about doing this he said, well, I, I just made a batch in the, in the basement the other day. And I said, oh, well, this is the perfect person for me because, <laughs> you know, because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And, and he he does. So, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. We had a actually we had um, the authors of um, the history of um, brewing in Burlington um, on uh, episode before. And, and it's funny how everything is kind of secular and also kind of uh, where everybody knows everybody. You brought up Sean. They were bringing up the fact that Greg Noonan and then the, the, the guys over at Foam are from um, Switchback, Switchback and, and you know yeah. and just that kind of thing. So um, yeah, and and it seems like everybody's got the same kind of image or the same kind of thought on things, which is very cool to see. With with you guys with Bar Hill, is that is that through the nation now? Are you are you expanded out? Yes, yeah, so we we sell to thirty two states. Um, and then we wow. sell to some some really cool importers uh, from various countries around the world. Uh, basically, we we um, wherever there's been sort of a, a desire for our products, we've, we've we've considered it. So a lot of those 32 states, we're not selling a lot of product, but we're selling to some like you know really hip cocktail bars. Yeah, really like to, yeah, um, like to get involved. Uh, but for for the most part, our distribution is you know Vermont's still our number one state. Um, Massachusetts is a huge market for us. The Boston market's really really growing incredibly quickly Um, and then new york is a fun place and montreal is a fun place it's sort of we're northeast centric but we are um you know reaching out a bit and finding some great relationships all the way in you know you know la and san francisco and you know dallas and austin really fun places nice yeah i saw on your on your website you've got a map of uh the bee's knees and yeah and yeah yeah, i was i was like wow this is way stretching farther than I thought. So my my oldest lives in Chicago. So next time right. I'm there, we'll have to we'll have, have to have one. I ran across a Citizens Cider once. I'm sure I'm, I'm I'll run across a Bar Hill somewhere. Yes, I'm sure you will. You know, it's just really nice, Ryan, that you are one of these people who really are bringing this. You know, like you said, you know, you're bringing the producers, you're bringing the the end consumers. Uh, you know, it's basically from birth all you know to bottle to uh, the person who who is tasting it. Um, you really. And I think that's one of the things that sets Vermont apart is that we really want to be that full delivery experience and really just talk to the the end consumers about what they think about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I don't want to get into sort of you know bashing the spirits industry, but it is pretty disappointing to realize um, you know what percent of the liquor store is all produced in the same factory with a different label on it. Yeah, and right. We didn't know this getting into it. You know, we we Todd was. Todd and I were, were not saying there's an opportunity in, in, in premium gin. You know, it, it was not sort of a, a forward-thinking business approach. It was more of an evolution of a farm. And the farm just kind of took us into this world of spirits. And finding out that the rest of the industry isn't actually making anything, they're just telling sort of, you know, fictional stories with, with you know, fancier bottles. Yeah, We didn't know what an opportunity that was, but right. that's why it's so important that we open our doors and let people come in and see our stills, because and, that's actually rare. It's less rare. Now that the craft movement is so great, that's, right. there's there's beautiful producers all over the state of Vermont. There's beautiful producers you know, all over the nation now. Um, but for many, many decades, the, the industry has been dominated by a couple of big column stills you know, conveniently placed in the heart of the Midwest, and it just you know, sends all sorts of... Um, you know, juice from 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 you know from one factory into yeah. every liquor store across the nation, yeah. and sometimes you know 
two labels are actually the same juice, and that's you know, that, that's just not the transparency that customers deserve. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's the same juice with a different label and, and, a, and right. a story that's made up behind and, it. And like a fancier saying. bottle, it costs so it's going to cost you five more dollars or ten more dollars for the bottle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan, on that no. And first of all, I just want to say that you um, and I've met uh, your taster in uh, Edelweiss, uh, Edelweiss, sorry, Delhi. You have a tasting room there that that we um, I really enjoyed, and but your people are knowledgeable. They really do a good job of explaining things, and and again, just not being intimidating or not you know, and and telling that story. So kudos. Uh, one quick final question, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. You're in a distillery business, and then you have the craft beer business, and there's but you face some other things that they don't. Correct as far as state laws go and federal laws. Yeah, the, the the rules are different. Um, you know, distilling is is pretty cumbersome. Uh, you know, obviously, just just the operations of, of you know our bonded facility versus you know the rules that we can you know Vermont, for example, is a control state, so all of our sales are running through the Department of Liquor Control. Yep. Um, whereas you know breweries are working with independent um, independent distributors. Um, it, it, it's definitely different. You know, in every state, I often joke that you know. We, we once took a class on exporting just to learn if we ever wanted to export, what would that be like? And I realized that exporting is actually easier. Selling to Hong Kong is easier than selling to New Hampshire. So when you're in the liquor business, you're actually exporting every time you cross the state, state yeah. line. So there, there's oh, a lot of rules to learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of government oversight of you know every single drop of alcohol that we produce. Do you think that's going to get a little easier, though, because of the growth that's going on with such craft uh Growth. I don't know about nationally. Yeah. Um, the TTB is a is a you know, sort of a big and hard to read animal, but sure. I can tell you that um, legislatively, locally, it's been incredible. You know, the state of Vermont's a great place to do business. Uh, we are actually successful in changing a couple laws this year. We worked with the brewers and the winemakers yep. and the distillers, um, and we we passed some laws that were really advantageous to not only to to you know our local distilleries. Um, but it's going to keep our doors open. There were some silly sort of tax cliff rules where if, if we were you know successful, we would cross sort of a, an arbitrary line and, and get hit with an incredible tax penalty. It was never set um, to generate revenue to the state, but it was set um, because you know they never thought the distilleries would actually take right. off. So it was just sort right. of this whole thing. And it was a different animal. It was a totally different structure, delivery, everything. So, yeah. Exactly. But but we had um, legislative support. We had support from the governor. We had support from the Department of Tourism and Economic Development, and we actually all worked together and changed a law, which we signed at our new distillery before we even opened the door. I did, I did not know that. Wow, that's signed terrific. a bill, which yeah, is a pretty cool thing to that be is. Part of. Yeah, that is. Congratulations nice. on that. Well, Ryan, listen, we're going to wrap things up. Um, thanks for taking the time. Um, I know you had an event today that you're going to or whatever, but I, I appreciate you taking the time and really appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, and good luck with everything. We'll send you a copy of this so you can play it to your neighbors and friends and all that. And we'll actually have some more listeners. Just, loop. Just put it on a loop. <laughs> Great. That sounds good. Thanks guys. Thanks for your time. All right. Thank you Absolutely. so much. All right. Take care. Ryan, you still there? All right. That was a great conversation with Ryan. Got to check out Caledonia spirits. Yeah. I, I want to go there. I want to, yeah. I want to talk, you know, distilling and beer because, <laughs> You know. Yeah, I know you can. <laughs> that's why I asked about the, the the legislative part of it because he knows both. Uh, but that's yeah. really great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know I can't imagine how he learned what he did because that's one of those things where I feel like you have to experience, it. you have to go through it to learn all of that right. and to see that direction of like, hey, this we need to follow this distilling and you know right. just that gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's he, great he made the story. right choice. Great, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And great story, great story. So. Uh, 
Thanks, everyone. Thank you very much, everybody, from Brewview Vermont and Brewview, the podcast. Join us next time. We are broadcasting from the studios of 106.7 WIZN. The Wizard, proud to be part of Brewview Vermont and this podcast.